Good evening and welcome to a new wrestling man. It's me, Steve Ward. It's Thursday night, which means I'm joined by Malcolm and John. Good evening, lads. Hi, Hi, Steve. Good evening. Hi, John. There's a win, Malcolm. There's a win. I know. I know. I don't know what Sam. I'm just not used to it happening. It's Uh, a dizzy heights, my friend. You can't stand the dizzy heights. I know. Uh, but thank heavens that it has happened because uh, it really was getting a, a long, drawn-out saga, wasn't it? And it's just not something that you that you want to carry around. It, and, and I think that we've seen it in the players in the last few games where they it's been that massive burden on their shoulders, uh, and uh, it and it prevents prevents them from going out and sort of playing their natural game, as it were, because they're all so tense and under pressure. But so, now, thank but... heavens that's gone. But I have to say, I thought Burnley were absolutely dreadful. Uh, that not, that, not that I care, Malcolm, but... No, uh, no, no. We won, but... Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, we won. But uh, at, at the same time, we, we've got to take heed that uh, you know, let's let's not let it go to our heads in any way, because uh, there's some really tough games coming up. But at Burnley, I'd, I I was so surprised because when they were under a, a bit of pressure, all they did was just lump it forward, lump it forward all the time, and uh, and I, I thought they were a really poor side. I thought, in in all honesty, I thought they were a much poorer side than Norwich. I mean, we've got, to, we've got to look at it, Malcolm, and realise, as you say, that there's only we've only kept two clean sheets all all season, and mm. both were against Burnley. If you yes. take the League Cup tie, yeah, this was the first one in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah they're the yeah. only uh, clean sheets we've kept. Having said that, I've been so disappointed recently when I've been convinced Newcastle would win i.e. against Brentford, which was 3-3, mm-hmm. i.e. against Norwich, which was 1-1. And I honestly believe would beat Burnley on something I did for the Chronicle. I actually forecast that it would be 1-0. And that's what it was. Because Burnley are predictable. Yes. yes, absolute. <laughs> Burnley are predictable. It's always going to be 0-0 or 1-0 with Burnley. It's just which way around it's going to be. Yeah. Who's going to get the one? Yeah. But it, there's always going to, there's not going to be a, a goal fest. It wasn't going to be Brentford 3-3. That's for certain. But you know what? I was just delighted to see us get a victory because it was so necessary. And what we were doing, Malcolm, was running mm. out of options. We had a great chance against Brentford, didn't take it. A great chance against Norwich, didn't take it. And it at home, and another great chance here. And we just had to take it. And it has changed, Steve, the complexion of things leading up to what's coming. There's, you know, I mean, honest to God, the, I thought the atmosphere in the stadium was absolutely wonderful. It was. Yeah. The fans were absolutely brilliant. And they literally dragged the team over the finish line, and you'd think yeah. we'd won a cup, uh, whereas this season we were lucky to win a corner. Um, everybody stayed in the ground. There was a lap of honour or a lap of appreciation, which sounds much better, and I, there was a great atmosphere. And um, we've been waiting for that, haven't we? We've been waiting for a win, for a good atmosphere, and for a clean sheet. And we've got all three, and I'm grateful for that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to thank, by the way, I haven't done this. Rachel, Julie, Dave, and John, thank you for coming on board as moderators. I know I threw threw it on you, but it is nice to have moderators in the chat because it means I can concentrate on the show a lot more. So thank you for doing that. You're doing a, a smashing job. Um, look, rather than me asking the questions tonight, we, we seem to have a lot of people wanting to know answers to things or putting points across. So let's go to the viewers. And John um, comes up with something completely different. He says, uh, even and all, I'm a Toon fan. But I notice Sunderland get ridiculed by us fans. Would it not be good for the local fan base if we had three top teams, including Borough in the Premier, doing very well? Interesting point, something which we've discussed before, and I guess back in the 50s, um, you know, I, I know that there was fans used to go to both games, used to go to Sunderland one week, Newcastle the next. Malcolm, mm-hmm. um, come mm-hmm. to you first. 
you did a program, The Three Legends, you, Bernie Slavin and Eric Gates for a long time. Um, the Three Legends. And, you know, it was it was good. We did live shows together. God, 20 yes. years ago where we, we where all fans were sitting in the same room. It is possible. It is. And I've got to be honest, my mindset has always been um, I'm always happy as long as Newcastle are top dogs. And I'd prefer it if they were all in the Premier League. It would give us a couple of derbies, um, you know, against two teams. And I, I would enjoy it. But... I know a lot of people aren't like that. Some people want to see Sunderland, the lowest of the low. Um, you know, people aren't too bothered about Borough because it's it's called a derby, but with an inverted commas. I think. What's your take on that? Yeah, I'm I'm fully in agreement. Um, how great it would be for the, all three to to be in the Prem. Uh, what what we found on the legends was that if because Sunderland had quite a run in the. Premiership, um, but Middlesbrough were in the in the Championship, um, and so what we found was that that where there was banter between Eric Gates and myself because we were both in the Premiership, Bernie was a bit left out of it and sort of had to come in with bits and pieces of news from a from a totally different area, you know, the Championship. And so, yeah, far, for a program like that, far better if all three are, are in, in the same division and preferably um, the Premiership. Um, it, it, and it, it, it made for it made for terrific commentary, um, a sort of opposing commentary um, from the fans. Uh, and uh, and of course, when you think back. Dear, oh Lord, and you look at the Sunderland position now, uh, Sunderland finished just seventh in the Premiership in two years in a row under Peter Reid, if memory serves. And, yeah, and it really was good. It was exciting. Good to go to the games and, and, and what have you. Um, but <clears throat> Newcastle don't have either of those two sides in the Premiership. Um, the, the, the big hope, Malcolm, the big hope from my point of view is that all three teams aren't playing them each other next season in the championship. In the championship, yeah. Middlesbrough, Sunderland and Newcastle because that's that's a possibility, but I would hope not. Certainly you talking about having chats, uh, you know, on the three legends and Steve talking about, you know, the banter between Newcastle and Sunderland. In the old days, I when I was doing... A lot of talkings with both a top Newcastle player and a top Sunderland player in the same social club. Uh, I mean, for example, I remember an awful lot Gabbiadini being yeah. the, the Sunderland player and Mickey Quinn being the Newcastle player, the two centre forwards in the same room. It got a bit lively, I've got to say, amongst the punters on the floor by throughout time, but it was good fun. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see that. As Steve said, I would like to see it as long as Newcastle were the top team of the three and it was in the Premier League and not in the Championship next season. Um, because we don't want that. We, we, no, do we... you not think, John, that when, you, when, you've got, when you've got, let's say, the three all in, this, in the Premiership, oh, yes. that it just adds... To something that puts the players more on their metal. Yeah, than, yes, yes. Than we're finding with Newcastle at the moment. You know, that it's not just what's our position in the Premiership, it's about being above Sunderland, being above being, Middlesbrough. Being and the cock of the North. Being yes, the cock and of it, the really, North. it adds yeah. a real bite to the whole season. I think it does. It, it, but it, mind you, Marlon only does that. When Newcastle are winning the time we had derbies, and we owe Sunderland one, but because before they dropped into oblivion in League One, mm. they, they had won X number of derbies on the trot. Where it was quite amazing. It, yes, it was. Yeah. Derby after derby after derby, and I would like that opportunity to come up. But it does give a buzz. It does give an extra. It certainly edge does. And, and, and in the five years that I played. Uh, for Newcastle, no. I never got to know that. Yeah, because you Sunderland never had a job in the first division. Yeah, um, never had and, a job, Malcolm. Yeah. yeah, so I only, 
I only knew people talking about it, mm. you know, t talking about that that Derby match. Um, and I never experienced it at all. Middlesbrough was the nearest club. Yeah, um, there's, current, there's current footballers at Newcastle, uh, whether you looked at Callum Wilson or San Maximum, or people that have been there longer, like the Sandra, that will not have experienced in Newcastle, no. Sunderland, Derby. Uh, no, it's, right. it's a, quite a few years back since we had that. But anyway, let's concentrate on the on the present and on our wonderful unbeaten run of one game. Well, it might be a bit longer than that. We've got a draw against Norwich as well. Don't forget. And, oh, um, sorry. Oh, yes, yes. And we've got a, a and, run, and, we've got a, and we've got a big cup run to come as well, which will take us all the way to Wembley. Uh, you heard it here first. Dave Harrison <laughs> says, "Should." Should we play fringe and youth players in the cup game against Cambridge? Of course, we've drawn Cambridge at home. Malcolm is saying no, and he's shaking no. his head. So we'll come to you. No, Malcolm. No. We've, um, you, the, the way that this season has, has panned out so far with Newcastle, there is so much work to be done in the first team, in the first team squad, that... Uh, it's nice to try out one or two players here and there, but this is not the time to do it. Right now, it has to be just sheer work on the on the first team and, and a game against Cambridge, for heaven's sake, that's as important as any other. And it's, and it's the same um, 90 minutes that gives Eddie Howe the chance to seriously work um, on, on on getting the team play um, back into the into the side um, because I, I, I watching o, uh, over the last um, few games that Eddie Howe has, has, has been involved it, it's just absolutely horrified me how far backwards the team has gone. And and drag the players individually as well. Um, that uh, what on earth was going on under Steve Bruce? I, it's of nightmare quality. It really is. And uh, and <laughs> Eddie Howe must be. He he knows that he's got one hell of a job on. He can't afford to waste that that ninety minutes against Cambridge um, on having a look at at others. That can come later when when uh, Newcastle have found salvation that uh, they're they're in a safe spot, um, and then you can maybe start playing one or two kids, but not now. Uh, John, I presume you've got the same kind of feeling about this. I mean, you know, I know uh, relegation is the big threat at the moment. We need we need more wins on uh, on the board before we can start thinking about safety. But the FA Cup means so much to the fans. I think it does. And I don't want to go back to the Mike Ashley days. And I know he changed his mind in the last couple of seasons, or supposedly or allegedly did, on the domestic cups. But they, I repeat, they are, they have been the only trophies we were going to win. They are now still the first trophies we should target to win with the new uh, consortium because we're not going to start by winning the Premier League. Let us win the FA Cup or the League Cup and let us get into that sort of thinking that this isn't a rest day. We haven't got a, enough good players to be able to put out a second string side like yeah. Manchester City might well be able to do in the FA Cup and know they're going to roll somebody over anyway. This is an opportunity to build on optimism, on goodwill, to get a good win under the belt. Goodness knows we've found that hard enough to, to happen this season. We got knocked out of the League Cup at home to Burnley, for goodness sake, in the first yeah. round that we played in. So let's yeah. not do it again. Let's tuck up Cambridge and then see where it takes us. Um, we, we have got to look at the moment for the feel-good factor that we've got since the Burnley result. Uh, mm -hmm. We've got to look for Cambridge producing another field. And who knows if we could theoretically...
get another draw like Cambridge in the fourth round. We've got people in during January's signings, and we might have a little cup run. And who knows if if, if the world it smiles upon us, where that might take us. So sure. let's not, um, you know, let's not look at give toss in the mouth. No, absolutely right, John. Um, but but whilst you. You're winning in, in in the cup competition. It's building up the confidence hugely totally. for the totally. Premiership as well. Totally. And so Absolutely. the whole the whole feeling is it is so much improved throughout the whole club. Yeah, yeah. it is. It hasn't gone unnoticed, Malcolm. As these, it would be difficult to spot if uh, if I'd had a haircut, but you have had a haircut. And Junior Turner, the man who sings the, the song "Banks to the River Tyne." And said, is it, are you going for the Wraith haircut? Uh, no, no, no. There's no stage two to this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting worried by you two guys. I'm thinking I'm having to come up with something next week because Wraith has put his head on upside down, so his hair is on his chin, and you shaved all yours off. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to do next week. I may have a Mohican so I can talk up. Give me, that would be great. <laughs> Give us some ideas. And get it dyed as well, Steve. I, I think it would probably suit a killer kill claim ponytail and beard, John. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, I could go for that, the old Viking look. I'm not against that whatsoever. It, uh, if Newcastle beat um, Leicester and then beat Liverpool, I think I'll go for the whole kit and caboodle, mate. OK, John. We've got a really interesting... Um, Football Matters programme coming up next Thursday because an hour after we finish, uh, Newcastle kick off at Liverpool, don't they? Yeah, well, I might have to do it early because I'm at, at the moment, I'm going, um, depending on what happens with weather and COVID oh, right. and God knows what. So we might have to do it a bit earlier. I might do a morning session. So I think I'll be travelling down um, just after lunchtime. I'm going to Leicester as well. I've got a ticket for Leicester. So, Good uh, for you, Good And I'm looking you. forward to seeing looking forward to seeing Pete Davey, who will be down there. And of course, Ben Jacobs, who uh, has been great. He's coming on the show on Friday night. Uh, so looking forward to catching up quite a few people at Leicester. Chris Hall from Liverpool's going as well. So uh, anybody else going to Leicester, let us know. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, to meet up. I just want to go back to that comment from Ray Mondo. And he said, um, I'm still not convinced with Joe Linton. But how could Bruce go over two years not seeing he does have a better position? He's absolutely clueless. And I'll combine that, Malcolm, with the fact that Callum Wilson came out after we came off air last week and said that he'd rang Bournemouth up to see whether he could get a bit of extra training in because they weren't fit um, at the start of the season. I mean, it, it, mm. it, it does beg a belief, doesn't it? I mean, I know Steve Bruce has been in the game 20-odd years, but it doesn't really seem that he learned a great deal. And I mean, look, Joe Linton is never going to be a world beater. He's never going to be uh, a Cristiano Ronaldo or a Lionel Messi. But what he is at the moment is improving and he's given his all um, and he's trying his best. And he certainly looks a lot better player than he did four weeks ago. He's, yes, he certainly does. Uh, there's no argument with that, I don't think. Um, but what, what was concerning me all the way through the time that, that Bruce was here, um, I, I, I felt, and I, and, I'm, and I was saying it, um, that I, I really did feel that he wasn't bothered. Here he was, manager of the club that he purportedly uh, followed as a kid when he was living in Chesterley Street, and I, and you'd think that he would, this would be the job to put his all into it, and I, and throughout his time here, I got the overwhelming feeling that he really wasn't bothered, that there were other things taking his interest. Um, and and to the point, so unprofessional, when when the players were actually saying we need more training, and, I, and I, I've never ever in all my years con concerned with professional football, and 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 I'm going back to good heavens, 1966. Uh, um, I've never ever known. A footballer say, we're not doing enough training. You know, normally the people are moaning about the coaches. Oh, for yeah. heaven's sake, they're running us stupid. They're doing it. You know, 
But but this was quite the reverse. I've, and I've never known it before. And and then when Steve Bruce, uh, some while back, he came out with a comment that he didn't bother with tactics. <laughs> I, I, that was it for me. I just thought, <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. You're uh, holding your head. It is like a bad nightmare, Malcolm, isn't it? You, you, yeah, you really, yeah, yeah. It's like something from yesterday. I must have dreamt that. Oh, well, actually, it's I, not. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and I put myself in the owner's position. If my manager came out and said, oh, I'm not bothered with tactics, I would say, well, I'm not bothered with you. Out. Go. Um, it's dereliction of duty. Yeah. For heaven's sake, football is about tactics and tactics change from one season to another. Uh, and you have to be right on top of it. Players want to be organized. And what you use to organize them in the main are the tactics of the team. And so that everybody working to the same tactic can create an understanding between each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and Steve Bruce, he didn't bother with that. The dreadful thing is that you only had to watch the team and you knew he didn't believe in it True. because they were appalling. And, and bless them, they complained later on. They left it too long, but nevertheless, in the end, they did complain. But, but Eddie Howe has somehow got to overcome this bizarre situation. Because I can't, I can't think of an of another time where I've known it, where players are are lacking in organisation, lacking in, in in understanding of each other, um, and completely lacking in fitness. John, in your fifty years plus as a, a reporter on the Newcastle beat, have you ever heard anybody else say that? I mean, you might have done, but I can't remember in my. 37, 38 years plus of supporting Newcastle, ever hearing a player come out and say, well, I did actually ring the old team to see if I could go and train on the days that we were off because um, we just weren't fit enough at the start of the season. No, I mean, that is frightening. And to get the confirmation of it, which is what Callum Wilson provided, we suspected uh, and, and really knew that players were very uneasy about all the days off. Um, because at the end of the day, we've got to remember that the people that are going to take it in the neck in the main are the players because they don't look fit, because people are running off them as if it, it's so easy, it's untrue. So the people are going, that's going to have the fingers pointed at them are the players individually, mm -hmm. and they're not going to enjoy that. They're not going to like that. Can you imagine Cristiano Ronaldo Want feeling unfit or allowing himself uh, the work he puts in to his condition to still make him a top player in his mid to late thirties? Um, it's frightening, and you could see it in the Newcastle players. There's absolutely no question about that. But we actually heard later on it's naturally going to be after the manager's left because he can't very well say something a player while the manager's there. He'll never be heard of again. Uh, we heard from Callum Wilson the concern that, that there has been. Now, that is not happening under Eddie Howe. It is the exact opposite. You're more likely to have a longer session each day than a shorter one. You're not going to get any days off. But he still hasn't, he cannot put a certain amount of petrol in the tank that's missing from the pre season and mm. the early season because it's too late. We're now into the season. But I think you do see a significance in the Newcastle team now. I'm not saying they're necessarily as fit as other teams because they're playing catch up. But that enthusiasm and their adrenaline because they're in a new situation with a new manager, with the owners ambitious, the manager ambitious, the fans 100% behind them. It's almost all for one and one for all, and that is helping them greatly at this moment. Um, and yeah, things have definitely improved, but they were frightening. Uh, what was highlighted by Malcolm and us, like tact the tactics, uh, the lack of fitness, um, we can also add square 
pegs in round holes, um, players playing out of position, defending on the 18-yard line and sometimes on the on the edge of the six-yard box, as opposed to being a bit more front foot. Um, the whole idea within the club, the concept of the way we should play, has significantly changed. It's going to take a while for it to have a lasting effect but it's underway and we're on the, the right foot. And it's just a shame we weren't starting the season now, uh, as opposed to being almost halfway through the season. Um, mm. But there's still time. We've still got to look at getting some points to get us to January and then get a bit of help. And I know we'll be discussing it later, but for me, the real opportunity... To get something, whether it's one point or three points, is Leicester this weekend. Because I certainly don't fancy um, Liverpool away, Manchester City at home, most certainly. And that's not being negative and it's not meaning Newcastle are poor side. I wouldn't fancy virtually any Premier League side against Liverpool and Man City because they are a different class. So, you know... We know what we face there. Manchester United will be difficult because they're under a new, uh, a new manager. I thought Solskjaer was a, a lovely man, a super player, but a naive manager that got away with a lot of things because A, he was a legend in the club and B, he was a genuinely, genuinely nice guy. But what was his managerial record? He failed at Cardiff. Uh, so he only got the Manchester United job because he went in as a caretaker, got a few results, they knee-jerked and gave him a big contract. Um, so, you know, it's going to be tough. Leicester, not quite so. Leicester, there's a possibility, genuine possibility, because defensively they are almost as bad as us. There's a genuine possibility of getting something there. They're not the Leicester that won the Championship in 2016, or even the Leicester that won the FA Cup um, last season and the Community Shield at the start of this. They let in a lot of goals now. Let's try to take advantage of that. Because, as I say, Liverpool and Man City, the next two, are going to be a whole different ballgame. Sure. And also, sorry, Steve, to interrupt, but um, also on the top of that, John, the fact that Newcastle, um, they've sort of been able to just sit in that comfort zone of finally having won a game, it's going to change the outlook of all the players. And, and, oh, yes, and I would think that, that the atmosphere in training would have been brilliant and they are all just raring to go, looking for the next victory. And so um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing just, just how it improves, how much it improves... Um, against Leicester to what we've seen. That pressure is off now. And players without pressure always play better. Yeah, yeah. yeah quick, right. quick, one, quick one for you, John, on the screen before we go to the uh, the promo yeah. for the uh, for the sponsors. Uh, any any sign of life on, on you know, the, the, the transfer window, which is imminent in January? Colin just saying there's lots of rumours. Have you heard of... Any contact from the club, the players' agents? Is there anything? Oh, there, there, there's a huge number of rumours and there's bound to be because we've gone from being a club that used to sit out in the street with a little, you know, a tin and you put your coppers in the tin. That's what that's what we were under um, under Ashley in Manau, the richest club in the world. So the, the, the rumours are massive. And... Believe you me, every agent in football is onto not only Newcastle United, but all those hacks saying, My Johnny, who I represent, would love to come to Newcastle and I, and I hear mm-hmm. on the grapevine Newcastle are interested in him, etc. etc. Now, if you listen to all that, we aren't going to buy a new team in January, we're going to buy a new four teams in January because that's how many players were being linked in. At the moment. And that's how the rumour mill starts. The rumour mill in our days, when Mal was the top man at Centre Fall for Newcastle and I was covering them every day, 
the room, they, they really, you got your indications of what was going to happen from Joe Harvey or, or whatever, him tipping you the wing. And therefore, the rumours had a lot of substance because the man mm. that was telling you was Joe who was pulling the strings and who was magnificent in the transfer market. Now, every indication, none of them come from anyhow or from Steve Bruce before that or from the owners that come from the agents phoning me up and saying, by the way, your club's been in for my lad and he would love to come and what a good player he is. So a lot of it becomes false. Um, and mm. it is very difficult to take the wheat from the shaft. Uh, I mean... What you hear more is what positions we would like to um, to get players in. And obviously, the centre-halves is huge. Uh, that is very important. The cover strike is very important. And the one that is often persistent and is interesting, Steve, uh, and might not be too shocking... But the one that keeps coming back, coming back, coming back and coming back is that we'll sign the goalkeeper. Now, a lot of people would have thought before this season starts, Dubrovka is top of the pops, Dolo's a top second man, Freddie Woodman's back and he will he's shown everything to make him an England goalkeeper eventually, etc., etc. And a lot of people before this season started would think that we have three quality goalkeepers there. Now, all three have played during that one where we didn't get a win. Mm. And the, the persistence is that we could well sign the number one goalkeeper in January. I said this on the Liam Kennedy show this week, and I've been saying it for weeks. You build from the back and you go through the spine of the team. And we do need a world-class goalkeeper. A world-class goalkeeper, a commanding, possibly even a future captain at centre-half, uh, a ball-playing midfielder uh, with a bit of pace, because um, we rely too heavily on Shelby, who at the moment is playing well, and a centre-forward who can hit the ground running in the Premier League. We might not be able to sign them all. We might get we might get a loan deal here and a loan deal there, but I think a, a goalkeeper and a good goalkeeper to put pressure on Dubravka is a priority. But uh, it's, it, it, January's, January's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, where, where I see the, the, the true priority is um, left-back. We haven't mm. got one. Yeah. We haven't got one. And... Uh, um, and dear old Richie, he's um, he's done his level best, but he's not a defender. And we're and we're losing the the the, the wonderful things that the, and the crosses that he can knock in from from um, 60, 70 yards further up the field. Um, and and I really do feel we need a quality left back. Albeit, I have a feeling that that to get the right kind of players. To get Newcastle out of the situation that they're in now, um, I think that it's going to have to be loan deals more than anything else. Yeah, um, It's interesting that. I mean, I've got to say, in fairness, for example, there was no more bigger critic than me and, and, and possibly Malcolm as well about Joe Linton before his switch of position and Shelby. Joe Linton's switch of position where the game is happening now in front of him um, rather than when he's up there playing back the goal, etc., he can use his height defensively on 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 uh, balls played in the box on set pieces. Is looked different. Shelby's looked interested, and it, it, it's worked a treat. I've got to say that in its short term, isn't it? We're talking about the last couple of games, but I've been relieved to see how Jamal Lewis has played in the last two games. I think he's played a lot better, and we've got to give the credit, the yeah. credit for that. I think he's been a lot better. He was out how long, lads? He must have been out nine, ten, eleven months. Yes, he was start, almost a year, John. Without the start, you know, I, yeah. that was incredible. He, I'm not making him Malcolm out to be Kenny Sansom when he was in his pump, or you know the the fullback from when we won the World Cup. Or any, I'm not mm -hmm. making him out to be that. But at least there has been an improvement in him. Um, there has. There has. And it's been a, a, a big improvement. But what we were seeing from him right at the very beginning was it, it was it was so horrendous um, that he needed to uh, to improve 500, 1,000% for heaven's sake. 
I'm clutching at straws, Malcolm, being a Geordie support yeah. Newcastle United. But having seen the significant change in Joe Linton, I'm hoping it might have happened with Jamal Lewis. Okay. Albeit they both got right. to do it a lot yeah. more mile in the last couple of games right. do, for do the rest you, of the season. Okay. Do you think that um that using the window, Eddie Howe will change the shape of the team. I th I think Malcolm for not... example play two up front. Yeah. Um not We're short two... of goals, desperately short of goals. Oh yes. Oh quite me. And yes. short of, yeah. you know and if you if you're short of goals, what you're short of is attempts at goal. You're yeah. not, we're not getting enough attempts at goal. We should be, we, we should look to, to be getting 10 and 12 and 15 shots on target in a game. We've been getting zero or one. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very good can't win a game with that. It's a very good point. And there's a striker you're bound to see it. And you're absolutely right. The interest, I don't think he'll change the shape of the team in as much as he'll continue to play with a flat back four. Um, and with which means the extra man that used to be in the back being in midfield, which gives us a better platform to go forward with the wide men. Whether you will actually play an out and out second striker in your face, like um, McDonald and Tudor in uh, Shearer and Ferdinand, in or whether he'll play the, the now much more traditional way of one man in your face and one playing off him. Um, he may stick with that. But the the one reassuring thing I've got, Malcolm, and I may be proved to be wrong, but the reassuring thing is if there's any criticism of the Eddie Howe type of management, it's that he's too offensive in the, his team's laying goals at the back, which was what was said at Bournemouth. So I'm hoping that that front foot approach... And you know what you know what will improve, Malcolm. You know better than anybody. You've been there. What will improve it is better players. You know, if yes. you get better players up there around Callum Wilson, they'll start scoring goals. Where yeah. some maximum doesn't score enough, where Almiron doesn't score enough, where other people up there doesn't score enough. If somebody else comes in that is a scorer, it'll change the picture. Yeah. And, yes. and I think the improvement in personnel. I mean, didn't it hasn't happened this season, Mal? But didn't Joel Joel Willock coming in last season completely change the picture with his he goals? Did. He certainly did. Yes. And uh, by the way, he, he needs he needs a goal big time, Mal. This he, yes, he does. Um, looking yes. for improvements. Shoot, shooting helps to get yes. one of them. <laughs> uh, and uh, he seems to have got himself bogged down somewhat. In his game, um, he the secret to the to the goals that he scored was that he was coming in just that little bit later to the guys up front. They would go into the box, and something would happen, and out it would come to the edge of the box, and he was coming in like a steam train, and and great, it, 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 he was knocking in goals, and and we got some terrific results from them, um, uh, uh, but. He's not. He's just not getting the timing of those runs. Um, maybe something going on up front is, isn't quite working to invite to to get him to come in a little bit late. Um, but also one um, one thing that I've got to do he is a terrific player, Saint Maximin. But right now he's. He's he's not pulling his weight in the side, and and one of the reasons for that is, uh, and I, I've witnessed him do this now so many times in the last two games, that he will get the ball on the left wing, and he will then start to go across defenders, and he just keeps going across, 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 and he finishes up on the right wing. He's got to change his game. He's got to. He, he's got to. If he's going to go across, he's then got to look to to duck into a little space, and and it might be tight in there. 
But who knows? A leg comes out and boom, over he goes. And, and there's a free kick on the edge of the area or even he's inside and there's a penalty. He's got to change it. Um, he can't keep doing the same thing all the time. That, that he tries one thing um, on the first time he gets the ball, the second time he tries something else. But you have to, you, you have to vary your game. Uh, um, and, uh, and, and I don't feel that he's doing that at the moment. He's got all the skill in the world, for heaven's sake. Opposing sides know it. So, yes, they're going to put two and three people in front of him and try to, to steer him where they want him to go. Well, don't buy it, is what I'd say to him. Look to play a one-two, and he'll break out of that triangle of players around him. But he's got to try other things. He can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, um, vary it, for heaven's sake. Seriously vary your game. Great stuff from the lads, as always. Richard Neil are saying this is still the best podcast around. He loves it, and lots of people say that, and it's really nice. Thank you for everyone's kind words. Nice to bump into fans. I mean, me and Mal um, obviously do the Dog and Parrot pre-match and after-match on, on most games now, and um, just nice for people to come up and see it. I know John and uh, Malcolm go out and do shows as well, and got a couple coming up, I think. And, and from their perspective, it's, it's just nice. That I think we've all said the same. Um, just nice to have people come up and say that. And over 350 watching live tonight. Uh, we never take your support for granted. So thank you very much for uh, for coming on and uh, taking part. Uh, big thank you to Spider VPN. Uh, Google Spider VPN. They come up at the top of your search list uh, to protect your computer and give you better uh, computer access and uh, they are the boys to trust. So thank you for your sponsorship, guys. And thanks to skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to LNG Family Funeral Directors 01913897245. And to the Garden of Healing Dispensary. CBD and hemp and cannabinoid specialists, www.bgohd.com. Uh, welcome back to our Cotton Tierras as well. Thank you for chipping in um, this month. And uh, they are based on Heaton Road. And uh, if you want a kitchen, they're the boys uh, to go and see. And thank you as well to qtechshop.co.uk. Uh, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. But most importantly, people who do our website and uh, if you want to uh, go on the website um, use your technology get yourself onto your phone uh, use your camera and um, we've gone all fancy now you can uh, get your phone and uh, put it over that and it takes you straight to the members pack uh, and uh, you can have a browse around our website and have a look. So a nice bit of technology there. Thanks to John, always one step ahead. Also, thank you to Jab Signature, jabsignature.co.uk for making our flyers. If you're a first-time visitor to the podcast, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. We do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up to like the video and click share to share your social media, and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. Uh, we are available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast providers. It usually goes up uh, 24 hours after the show. We are big supporters of the Food Bank. Please drop on at nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk if you want to make a virtual deposit into their bank account. Uh, we've raised over £15,000 now on NUFC matters in the last 18 months for the Food Bank. I uh, would love that to continue. Um, and especially at this time of year, it uh, gets very, very difficult for families around about Christmas time. It's not a pleasant time for those people who are struggling. So please uh, donate as much as you can. A couple of events uh, coming up in the new year as well, as we uh, always plug them on the uh, various shows. We've got Mick Mahoney Super Goalie coming up on the 14th of January. And uh, tickets for that are £12. And we have Steve Watson on January the 28th at both events are at the Irish Club. And uh, both of those events are £12. Get your tickets from newcastlelegends.com. Click shop. And if you're looking for something to read, plenty of books uh, available. Um, only a few copies left of this one now. And uh, there won't be a reprint. Pavel is a Geordie. Um, if you'd like a hard copy of that book, please 
uh, jump onto my website, badboysbooks.net, and you'll be able to get a copy on there. And I'm still selling copies of my autobiography, which was written by Jamie Boyle, Every Boy's Dream. And uh, basically, it's selling well now, because John did a lovely review. Uh, so thanks for that, John, in the Chronicle. Mr. Marmite, I think he called us. Uh, we are... did indeed. We are available. Uh, we are available tomorrow night at the usual time. The three amigos will be going live. Half past five. There's a gruesome bunch. Uh, half past five tomorrow night uh, till half past seven. We will be uh, live, and we will have special guests tomorrow night, which will be Ben Jacobs because he's a Leicester fan. Uh, we're going to have Ben on chewing the fat about the game, giving us his prediction. And I've seen in the chat there people guessing how long uh, his first answer to his first question will be. The record, I think, was 22 minutes for an answer to a question from Ben. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, as I've said, Newcastle United are playing Leicester. It is this Sunday in the Premier League. It's a two o'clock start. It's live on Sky Sports with Newcastle. Once again, I say this every time, selling out their away end allocations. 3,300 of us will be travelling down to the King Power Stadium. Uh, Newcastle have won, wait for it, three of their last four visits to the King Power Stadium. This is a happy hunting ground. Um, as far as the team news is concerned, it is a little bit early. Paul Dummett is still unavailable. Uh, Kieran Clark is now free from suspension. Callum Wilson remains one booking away from an automatic one-game ban. Let's hope he doesn't get booked because uh, he's a big, big miss when he doesn't play. Um, we will leave the bookmakers' odds to uh, Toon Tipster for tomorrow and uh, a little more of a prediction from uh, Toon Stato. As for Leicester, we know they're playing tonight. I think the last time I looked, it was 2-2. Two, two. Uh, they are struggling a little bit with COVID, though. Um, mm. And uh, the Foxes... Uh, Obviously, uh, manager Brendan Rodgers uh, confirmed in his press conference on Wednesday that seven of his uh, players had failed to travel to Italy. Um, unspecified number of those have tested positive for COVID. Uh, the others were generally not well, he said. Three members of staff have also been left in England for the same reason. Uh, on home territory at the King Power, Leicester have won three times. They've beaten Wolves, Manchester United and Watford. They've drawn against Burnley. But they lost the other three against some big teams, Man City, Arsenal and Chelsea. As Tom Dixon mentioned in the chat, Peter Banks will be refereeing this game. Um, this is the first outing of the season for him. He's from Liverpool. Um, he was last in charge of a Newcastle game in our 2-0 defeat at Chelsea, which took place in February. Uh, VAR, uh, which is getting more controversial by the week, will be uh, overseen by Paul Tierney. As I mentioned earlier, this game will be live on Sky Sports. Uh, so, lads, uh, can we build on last week's success, Malcolm? Uh, it's not a question of can we, it's a question of we must. We must build on it. We've waited long enough for it to happen. <coughs> Excuse me. We cannot afford to waste it. Uh, and, and there is nothing in football like a win for building confidence, for lifting uh, um, that, those heavy weights off the shoulders. And, uh, and so I, how is it going to go? I'm not really too sure. Because of this, this unknown factor of, of the difference to the side that uh, the confidence from the win will make. And so I really am looking forward just to seeing how much improvement we can see by confidence from that win um, in Newcastle against Leicester. And Leicester, they're not having the best of seasons. So... Uh, um, that there is that chance that Newcastle, that they can take advantage of this game right now. And, uh, well, if, if Newcastle can just maybe start that little bit of a run um, by, by getting a second victory, that would be amazing. And, and, and then the world's your oyster. Yeah, it is, John. I mean, it bodes well in a lot of ways. I mean, we're getting somebody's reported in the chat there that the Spurs Brighton game is now off because they have got a similar uh, problem with COVID. Yes. Um, but John, I mean, 
you know, Leicester, if this game goes ahead, it is, as I pointed out, at the top of the piece. It's a happy hunting ground for us, this. Yeah, absolutely so. Um, and I'm hopeful that it will go ahead because while we've got these guys, it'll only be off on the number of players, if it was going to be off, that have COVID. Any other illness, any injuries doesn't come into it. You've got to put a side up. There's got to be enough COVID people. We don't know exactly how many are here. The interesting thing as well, Steve, if you looked at the list of players that didn't travel, none of them were the big-name Leicester players. There wasn't... Schmeichel travelled, Johnny Evans travelled, Madison travelled, Vardy travelled, Thielemans travelled. There was only... Uh, there was a bunch of backup players plus Perez and Lukman who aren't the two stars of the side mm. that didn't travel. Now, that means their bench will be shabby, but their starting lineup in terms of names will not be. So I'm very hopeful the game will go ahead because, by Jove, do we want it to go ahead? Because they've just lost at Aston Villa in what mm. is effectively a derby for them. They're playing it at Napoli tonight, which is a Thursday night tough game with a long journey home before the playoffs on Sunday. And if we look at their record, of course they've got offensive players who are good technicians that can give us problems. Madison, Vardy, Thielemann, etc. But defensively, they have leaked 27 goals 27 goals this season in the Premier League and there's only three of the bottom four, which obviously includes us, we've leaked 30. There's only three of the bottom four with the worst defensive record than that. And on top of that, they've conceded two or more goals in nine of their last 11 league games. And I believe what you've said tonight, Steve, is it's 2-2 at the moment, so they've let in two more goals. They are leaking goals. Now, that might be quite surprising when you think if the reputation of Schmeichel, Kasper Schmeichel, has been almost a replica of his dad. And mm. Johnny Evans, who they've said for ages, why did Manchester United let him go? Because they haven't good central defenders and other clubs have coveted him. You've got Schmeichel and goal and Evans in front of them, and yet you're leaking goals like there's no tomorrow. The answer is, and they're particularly vulnerable on set pieces. I hope that Callum Wilson has realised how many goals this lot let in. Some maximums done that. I hope John Joe Shelby, who will be on set pieces, whether it's corners or free kicks, yeah. is bombing that in. And I hope that our central defenders on set pieces get on top of Schmeichel and put the ball on top of Schmeichel because amazingly this season he's finding set pieces with the ball under his crossbar very difficult this to defend and we've got to get after we've got to take the pluses that are which is our confidence from having won the last game and their vulnerability at the back and cash in on that um, and even more so because what to come is by any stretch of the imagination, what's to come immediately with Liverpool and Man City, pretty tough. So we cannot afford to lose this. I don't think we will lose it. No, We've got to at least draw and hopefully win. And that's more than possible. Yeah, Leicester 2-2 two, two at half-time. Uh, they were 2-0 down, so they've come back. But they've got a full... Uh... A full-strength team tonight, so most people reckon that the game will go ahead um, on on Sunday. Just what I've said, Steve, that the, the, yeah. the, the people that are hit are their bench. It's the yeah. bench that's going to be weak, not the starting eleven. And as long as nobody gets cold on the way home by dangling themselves on the outside of the plane, as long as nobody does that and they don't get COVID, this game will be on. And by Jove, we wanted to be on because they're vulnerable at the moment. Mm. Yeah, they can't handle set pieces, is just what John said as well. Uh, so we need to keep Shelby on corners, which is a great point, Dublin Magpie. And um, yeah, it, it's it's a game we need to win. Um, there's no ifs or buts. It's a game we need to win. And uh, I think all of us are pretty sure that um, we can get something. So 
look, predictions. Um, I will give mine today. Um, I think, I think Newcastle will only get a point. Um, I'm not confident we'll win it. I, I've got a feeling that there's going to be goals for Leicester. Um, I'm going to go for an entertaining two-two draw. That's what I'm going to go for. Mal, what about you? Hmm. Um. I. I, I just have that feeling that that. This victory against Burnley, you know, the finally the um, it, it, the weight's off the shoulders, and and there'll be a real spring in the in the step of everybody with, uh, and and they they're gonna they're gonna be dying to get out on that pitch and and go, and go for it, and I've just got a feeling that they that they if there's gonna be an upset, it could be um, there at, in Leicester. Um, I'm I'm going to take Newcastle to win two one. Ooh, I love it! I love the confidence. Okay, then John, uh, I've gone for two two. Miles yeah. gone for two one to Newcastle. What about you? Interesting. First and foremost, I don't think we'll get beat, and isn't that the kiss of death? Um, but I don't. <laughs> but I don't think we'll get beat. Uh, my head tells me that it'll be one one. My heart tells me Newcastle will sneak it. And my desperation with the three games that are about to come tell me Newcastle have got to sneak it. Uh, I would think it'll be 1-1, but I can see Newcastle winning 2-1. I'm a little bit worried. Uh, can I give you an example of why I'd be worried? Apart from I'm a Geordie, and Geordie's always worried because uh, every time we, we take one step forward, we take two back immediately. Uh, but the one, if I can give one example, and I think Malcolm might understand where I'm coming from here. Lascelles had been out of the Newcastle side because he was suspended. He's been playing very indifferently, and he come back and he got a huge write-up for his performance against Burnley. Good. Pleased. I'm pleased, etc., etc. But the reason he did well is because he's at his best in a fight. He had a big centre-forward in Woods that he could fight muscle for muscle, wasn't going to do anything clever, wasn't going to do anything predictable. He gained confidence from that, and he can handle that situation. If he's got clever people running off him, running down the sides, forwards it quickly into chains and pass the ball round, then you've got trouble with Lascelles. Now, Vardy will do that. Vardy, he mm -hmm. wants to play between the posts. Lascelles wants to play between the two posts. Vardy will pull him out right, pull him out left, which he hates to go out wide. And even more so, the Liverpool front three will bamboozle most and will certainly bamboozle Lascelles. So I'm concerned that the forward play... That Leicester's got and in Liverpool afterwards will worry our defence. Burnley are more static, more predictable, and I think Lascelles felt more comfortable. And he did terrific, but he that's did. why he did terrific. I'm worried about what can happen with clever forwards. And believe you me, Vardy's not just clever, he's quick. The difference is we haven't got Steve Bruce picking his nose and looking in the opposite direction. We've got Eddie Howe, who has already proved in less than four or five games that he can actually change tactics when things go wrong. And he was throwing that curveball of the sending off quite early against Norwich. Didn't panic, adjusted and, and got you know got things right. And that's the difference. We've got somebody in the dugout who actually knows what he's doing. I've got a feeling we'll get out of this quite you know quicker than people think. And I think we'll stay up. But listen, it's just great. Optimistic show. Great show as always, lads. The clock... As always, though, has beaten us. Um, looking forward to seeing what uh, Sunday brings and uh, looking forward to chewing the fat again with you guys next week. Have a great weekend, lads. Have a great week. See you next week. All right. Good night, everybody. Take care, guys.
got me talking to myself again. But it's easy.